I hate saying the buzzword CrossFit mentality, but that kind of thing where it's like reps for time, get it done, beast mode through it. I think if people have trained like that before, it's difficult to reprogram them back. But I think where it becomes an art and why I love it so much, I feel like it's my craft. Like I look at it differently every single day. The nuances and the cues to get somebody to feel actually what they're doing and not load improperly. Because if you really do 10 good swings, you're going to feel it in all the right spots. And if you're doing it correctly, you don't need to do a million. You're listening to Muscle Medicine, where we debunk the myths in the health and wellness world to bring you the latest updates in exercise, rehab, and nutrition from industry leaders. Join your host, Dr. Emily Kybert, chiropractor and movement expert, as she brings you simple, actionable tips to reach your fullest potential. So we have Lacey Lazoff and Melissa Paris, two of my favorite New York City female trainers. And not just female trainers, just like favorite trainers. Yeah, I like that you said ever. That. <laughs> I'm super excited to sit down with you guys and just talk about strength in relation to women. Yeah. That's our thing. It is. <laughs> so you guys are both Strong First certified instructors, SFG1, SFG2, yes. which is amazing. Soon to be barbell and body weight this year. Yep, we're going to make them happen. We want the whole quad of those. Iron Maiden, you know. I, you're doing one. Iron Maiden? Give it a whirl. One year postpartum, second child. No. <laughs> so I'd love to just start with the question of what does strength mean to you? So my tagline with strength is I look at it holistically. So mind, body, character, all of them go together. So I don't think that people can make real strides in developing their physical strength until they really have a hold on their goals, who they are, uh, consistency within their habits. So all of those things go hand in hand because I notice this with my clients all the time, and you're probably the same. If things are falling apart in other areas, they're not able to perform optimally in their physical setting in the gym or whatever that may be. So that's my my view on it. You can't just have one. You have to address your life as one big circle. And what are those other areas? I look at it like your own inner health, whatever that may mean to somebody's spiritual health or education, who you are, your confidence, um, that level. So that would be the mind aspect, the inner self character. So how you're being in the world to other people. So the impact you're making in your life, it could be, you know, if you're a mom raising children, it could be you have a big career and, you know, or a leader in that sense, a lot of different things. And then the strength, the physical part of it is the next, the next piece. Amazing. Yeah, not to reiterate all of that, but I think mind, body, and spirit is definitely critical. And I think two things really come to mind with me, especially being a mom. Strength to me is critical just on a daily basis. And, you know, showing up where you're at, you know, really showing up to that present moment, putting your all in whatever that is, whether it's the one hour that you get with your kid in the morning before you go to work, or it's your 45-minute training session, your hour training session with your trainer, or whatever time you're spending for your physical self, and executing. So like whatever you decide that your goals are, executing on those goals. And I really agree with you, Lacey, here. You can't really execute those strength goals using weights, quote-unquote, at the gym if you don't have all of your ducks around in other parts of your life. So I feel like you guys kind of train different clientele, right? So like Missy, you're like the prenatal, postpartum, mama... Yeah. You're like the queen of New York of postpartum mama rehab strength. Yeah. And then from your Instagram, I see like young women that don't want to do the dance cardio. They don't want to do the trampoline jump. But then you also have like some older women that are just like rocking the kettlebells. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because we, we used to joke about this. You kind of attract the phase in your life that you're in. So obviously like Missy, since she became a mother, developed that expertise and started attracting that. And I seem to find both ends of the spectrum. It's women that maybe are 10 years younger than me that are just starting their careers in the city. And they're kind of in that uh, stressful phase in their lives. They're not really sure how to transition into, you know, eating healthy, managing their sleep, their dating lives, their physical lives with all the offerings here, as far as group classes are concerned and just the fitness culture, they get kind of sucked into it. So I think they find me as someone that has been there, done that and been a bit grounded and actually tried some things myself. And then my clientele that's in that kind of older range, I think that it's almost that daughter phase where they have done a lot of things in their lives. They might have grown children and they sort of see me as 
the person that they either were or maybe would aspire to be when they were in their 30s. So it works really well. Um, and I also think that just my approach to the way that they want to train or what their goals are, I have that different piece as a trainer where I'm, I'm really involved in their lives and figure out how to motivate them in the phase that they're in. So it, it's worked out well for me in that regard. And I've, you know, definitely attract that sort of group as I publicize it more and whatnot. So. <laughs> it's interesting because Lacey and I were training in a different way prior to us getting into kettlebells. And I just discovered kettlebells and really f- we both fell in love with them. And I just happened to be postpartum with my first child. And I was actually running a lot because I did you know, a whole running program with the stroller, but I really realized that my body wasn't feeling great. I just felt like my joints didn't feel good. I just didn't feel like my best self. So when I really started to focus a lot on strength and kettlebell work, and that's when Lacey and I started training for the level one SFG, I think we both just found this love for feeling strong in your body. And yes, the aesthetics are something that everyone is always interested in, but it's so much more than that. It became more of a lifestyle and a training as opposed to a workout. In between my two kids, I was in the best shape physically and mentally of my life. I do not like to use the word get your body back because your body's different after you have children. But I actually physically, emotionally, spiritually felt better because of the way that I was training, strength training. I think Lacey and I both found that through our kettlebell work when we trained in Portland. I think it's been the right time for us because we've actually had the time now to put the reps in to get where we are. So I find that that is hard when I have new clients come to me, especially younger women that think like, oh, my body's going to change in three months because it's something that's still marketed out there. And a lot of studios, group fitness, whatever they're looking at in the city, that is sort of this thing where they think, oh, I need to, you know, take all these classes and do all these things to, you know, have this aesthetic goal. And for us, it was sort of this slow road of looking at it, like Missy said, is strength and it all came together. So we can almost be an example for it by experience, but it didn't happen even after a year. This has been like four or five years in of study and application and learning how to train a lot smarter than we were previously, yeah. even though we were, you know, in shape and oh, doing yeah, our things know. and whatever. But. Of course. So like, what do you tell? Cause you guys, I think both, like I know Lace used to run marathons a lot, yeah. and a lot of running and you're talking about like the running and the stroller. What do you tell the women that like first come to you or maybe women who look at a kettlebell or weights and they kind of cringe, or maybe they just like really love the dance cardio. <laughs> like it feeds their soul. Like what do you tell them when you're trying to emphasize the importance of like every woman should strength train yeah 100 i think that if like you just said feed your soul i think it's important to feed your soul right i would never tell somebody to stop doing something that is moving meditation for them ever and i think now with these apps and all these different resources out there for people there's so much more fitness quote unquote you know that people kind of access to. So a lot more people are sweating, which is amazing. But now it's time to like teach people how to train. And we're lucky we live in New York City. We've access to a lot of different things. But strength is so important. Muscle regulates metabolism. As we get older, metabolism can slow down. It's so important to try to maintain the lean muscle mass that you have. Muscle helps coordination, balance, helps with brain health. It's the biggest organ in our body. So you know, on the point of helping regulate metabolism, I think it's important to get through to women that you're not going to age well if you don't maintain your muscle. So muscle burns fat. Dance cardio is great for future soul, but it's not going to build your muscle, right? And I think people are scared to pick up that kettlebell because they think they're going to get bulky or bigger. So what do you tell that woman? Yeah, I'm like, it's your like, muscles I'm gonna get don't bulky. get bigger. They get stronger, <laughs> Yeah, right? Your muscles, that's not how it works, right? Unless you're taking testosterone and eating more calories than you can burn, maybe you can get, your muscle can get bigger, but yeah, it's never going to get like longer unless you grow your bone. Like that's not, it just isn't a thing. Like there's a lot of buzzwords that women come into us with and they are like, I want to be long, lean toned, like all these things that like, it really involves just losing body fat. Like that's the kind of it. And how do we do that? And there's, you know, scientific methods to do it through your programming and your diet. Why do you think it's important for women to like train on a program versus be hitting up the different like group exercise classes every week? So I think through our journey, I used to be an actual sweat addict. Like 
I would run to spin class when I first moved to the city, like nine years ago, I would actually run physically to the spin class <laughs> and then maybe run home. But I've always weight trained. I mean, my whole life I've been in gyms and, but never in, on a program, like you had just mentioned, it was sort of, you know, something I did on my one or two off days a week. And as I've, you know, been aging and looking at my life, bigger picture and how I want to feel, I realized like how Missy touched on the word training you almost need to train yourself for longevity and train yourself for your life. And then the other stuff will fit in. So if I really love to run at this point in my life, I don't love to run anymore. So I don't do it very much, but I have clients that come to me and they really want to, or they like it. And I try to dig into them, the why's behind them with why they want to do it. Is it for that meditation or a lot of times, unfortunately it's, they think that that's the way they lose body fat and they're going to get skinny. So I have to kind of dig into what um, their why is. And if it is, I want to train to feel empowered and run my first 10 K or something. Then we go into the detail of this is what happens to your body. When you run, these are the potential things that could happen. Our knees, our hips, all these things. If you sit all day, your posture, your hip flexors, whatever your glutes, if you have weakness there, you're going to be more prone to injury as a runner. So if you want to do this, training is important to keep your body healthy, mobile, strong, so you can be a runner and not be sidelined eventually. And I think for me, that was the big touch point. Like the training at the gym is like my brushing my teeth. I'm taking care of my future. And I recently took up figure skating again. I used to be a figure skater. And so for me, that's like my, moving, yeah, it's like my moving meditation now because I'm like, I don't care if I'm good at this or not. I'm going to do it for fun. But me going out and skating isn't like my health plan to have strong bones when I'm 60. And I think a lot of women when they're in their 20s and 30s, need to start looking at it like I need to, you know, take care of myself in a way that the magazines aren't telling me to do because they're only focused on aesthetics and figure out how can I make something consistent in my life that is going to translate into a habit that I can do like brushing my teeth. And that's like how we look at strength training. Yeah. And I think especially for the type of people I train with my postpartum moms, you know, I know at that six week checkup when you get clear, people are so excited cause they, and it is exciting because you're like, I'm cleared to do what? <laughs> it's very gray area. And I'm, as a coach, I'm looking at it from, okay, well, what's going on? Like if you just birthed a human, I don't think it's a great idea to go out pounding the pavement right away. You know, a lot of studies now are saying you should be waiting four to six months, depending on the kind of training that you're doing prenatally and even before you got pregnant. So I would never tell someone not to do something that feeds their soul, but this strength training is a must. Like Lacey said, it should be like brushing your teeth. Like a non-negotiable. A non it's a non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. A lot of the reason like the kettlebell training we really fell in love with. I mean, Missy's talked about it for her moms. There's, is, we're not jumping around and doing high impact things. So they can get a lot of strength training and a lot of cardio without moving their feet from the ground, which can be great for pelvic floor health if um, that's a concern. And then also... It's just, I noticed, I mean, I've come to you for years. We've known each other a long time for quirks in my body when I've been doing all sorts of shit since I've been training with kettlebells, like very consistently. And I'm talking five to six days a week with proper programming for the past four years, barely have had an issue and feel the most mobile, stable, and strong that I've ever felt. And that's what we try to convey to the women that we work with. It's like, we're not beating ourselves up at the gym every day. I'm no longer a sweat addict. Like I can do that for that, you know, good cardio workout here and there. But a lot of the stuff that we do isn't crazy. Like it, it's just consistent. And it's something that is sort of, once you learn it, it's easy to do. Like it's, it's easy to make it consistent. Yeah. You consistency is key. John Engham at the November SFG one that I assisted, he said something that really resonated with me. And I say this to people often fresh, frequent and flawless. Yeah, it's great. So, you know, your movement, if you don't know how to lift weights, seek somebody out. There's a lot of great online coaching programs. Now, if you can't afford a trainer, it's non-negotiable. So make sure your movement is fresh, frequent, flawless is resonated with me. And I say that to my clients all the time. If you do, whether you're a runner, whether you're a cyclist, whether you're a figure skater, whether you're, whatever your mode is, your, your basic training program has to include weights. So it's interesting when you talk about consistency, because I think some people think of consistency as like, well, I went once a week for like four weeks. Like you're literally like, Five times a week. For years. For years. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the way that we train, and this is part of the Strong First methodology that we've learned and, you know, really it's put into practice in our own bodies, 
you can really lift a kettlebell every day or swing a kettlebell every day. It just depends on the load that you're doing. So it's like with any strength program, there's maybe two days a week that I'll lift really heavy and I'll use a barbell or I'll use kettlebells, whatever that could be. But the rest of the days I could have a 15 minute workout that was really ballistic movements, something to get my heart rate up. And that could be it. I could do a sprinkling of like pull-ups in the morning and then something else later in the evening. It doesn't have to be this methodology of I need a 60 minute workout in a gym doing whatever it is. So I think for us, we looked at it like, how can you break it up so your body doesn't break down? Because we, I think we get obsessed, especially in the city with fast paced. If it's not hard, if it's not something that's actually breaking you down, you're not doing anything, you're not doing it right. And we're the opposite mindset now. It's like, how can I keep you fresh after every workout so that you can do it so many times that you just get stronger because you're doing it all the time. So like the laying on the floor in the, in the puddle of sweat, like no. exhausted. Yeah. It's not the goal. People are shocked all the time. Cause I, I actually like, I get questions a lot about my body and people think I'm like a dancer or not doing strength training because I'm petite. I mean, they're shocked when I say you know, I'm, I weight train pretty exclusively. I don't do traditional cardio jaws hit the floor when people find out I don't run all the time or, you know, do spin classes every day. And it's just the consistency. And, you know, like Missy said, everyone falls in love with a certain type of activity. So if you really love that, you know, high impact stuff, you just can't do it every day. Yeah. So like, what do you tell the woman that looks at weight and is like scared to injure themselves? That's a hard one, but that's why I think it is important to work with a coach. And again, if you can't afford that coach, there's a lot of great online programming where you can send in videos. There's some basic movements that you start before you eat, even, you know, start doing something. You don't just start following an Instagram video and, you know, do you don't it. just like pick up and start exactly. doing swings. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, people are like, oh, it's the weight that hurt me. I'm like, no, it's, it's not the weight that hurt you. Like that's yeah. kind like of the, the other form way was off. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then what do you tell the person that thinks they need their cardio day? Oh yeah. Like is like does do people need their cardio days? Totally. Cuz yeah. I'm like, mm. it depends on the goal. So I always look at this like this is where we sit down and you look at someone's life holistically. Like what is your goal? If you need to lose 100 pounds, maybe like oh, just a moving cardio day is something you need. But if you're like a healthy individual and you, you know, think in that mindset, I need to go run 10 miles before my weight training session because that's going to help me lose weight or whatever your, you know, aesthetic goal is. I would say all the time, cardio can look different in a lot of ways. And the way that we train with kettlebells, you actually get a lot of cardio out of moving the weight, especially in the ballistic movement. So I try to introduce it in small bits, like with anything, if someone's scared of a weight or scared to try it, introducing it to them in maybe like a Tabata format, once they learn the form or some kind of tempo so they can feel their heart rate get up and they actually maybe will feel something like a runner's high and slowly we wean them off of maybe the obsession with whatever they're doing for cardio. I also like to have that conversation because so much of this is about diet yeah. that instead of that feeling stressed out that you're not getting that 45 minute run in, why don't you take that 45 minutes to food prep and think about what you're going to do for the week? Because if you're going to make time for that 45 minutes to do that class or whatever it is, and then eat whatever afterwards, it, that doesn't really work because you're not going to get results that way. So I think that's sort of the biggest piece that I say to people, especially because I am working with moms. So, and they have limited time. So I'm just like, take that 45 minutes, think about what you're going to eat. Maybe if you can't think about a week in advance, one step <laughs> at a time, think about the day and food prep. Yeah. It well, is a game changer. I mean, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And I even say, if you can control two of your meals a day as a busy person, you're ahead of the game because in the environment we live in, a lot of people eat out. That's something that we come up against with our clients all the time, like seamless or dinner out socially, or even with my women that are in their mid twenties, early thirties, they have client dinners for work and all these like drinking events and whatever. But I always say, try to just keep it as basic as you can make your food a little boring, season it well, but have like the same thing. So it's not hard to plan and for. like cooking at home, cooking at home. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't even have to be 
an elaborate thing. It could be, you know, prepping some chicken or whatever the night before you eat that for dinner and then you make more. So you have some on a salad the next day and you're ready. And it's just staples like that. And then when you do go out for dinner, you're going out socially, you're just conscious of your portions and you can still feel like you're living your life. Yeah. Why strong first? Like there's so many training systems out there. Yeah, I think that Lacey and I were just surrounded by so many people that know how to move well. And once we started to talk to a couple of people, we're like, guys are so lucky. Yeah, yeah we were blessed. So grateful. Um, I remember seeing Trinity work out one day and I'm like, wow, that girl's strong yeah, yeah. and she's lean. Yeah. And I was like, what do you do? She's like, oh, I did strong first. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think just more, the more we talk to people, the more we, the people that move well and I really respect the the thought behind it and I like the heart style. Can you talk about the heart style for people who don't know heart style? I like it because it teaches people how to, it's like the yin and the yang, like create tension, but also relax. You know, they say fast and loose and they do that in most sports. Right? So I could really like, it resonated with me in a sense of like, if you think it from an athlete, athletes need to learn how to turn on a dime. Right. So I think that that's what really made sense to me when teaching them. I liked the uh, practice what you preach mentality with strong first. And it was evident. I mean, I did my first strong, I think it was with, with you in the basement. We just did that yes. eight hour course yeah. at exceed. Um, and it was like the precursor to doing the actual instructor certification, which is a big deal because you have physical strength tests and you also are evaluated on how you teach, which is, I think also a big thing that I loved about them. They're not going to pass someone that can't cue properly or help someone else get into a correct position. And I just love that the attention to detail and their expectation of your professionalism, how you teach the quality of the movement, you could exhibit it and, you know, express it. And then it was ongoing. There's a recertification process. I mean, it's not cheap to do it. You have to train for it. It, we were there. I mean, they fail a lot of people. And so it just seemed like the most comprehensive foundation to have, not even just for kettlebells. I mean, it was kettlebell centric in the first cert that we did for SFG one, but so many of the movements we do with kettlebells translate into proper movements with other things or even just body weight. So I just felt like I was getting an insane education and felt like I had to work for it. I couldn't just sit on a computer and, you know, punch some buttons and say, here's a certification, go teach someone to use this. It was like touching it every day. And that's the thing with Missy and I, people say all the time, like you guys are really great with kettlebells. And we're like, we work with them every day. We work out with them. We don't do anything with our clients that we don't do. And it's just the reps that we've put in and Strong First gave us that foundation. So I was interviewing Brett Jones yesterday and he was like, when I do swings, I do 10 sets of one. And I think you guys just watching your Instagram accounts, <laughs> I think you guys are really great at following that. Like if there's a rep off, you don't just power through and go to the next rep and then and finish away. your three yeah. sets of 10. And then why is that so important? Fresh, freaking, and flawless, yep. right? It's part of the flawless. <laughs> if it, that's that one rep that is one rep too many. My clients know now, by now, to just, they don't even ask me how many. I'm like, we're going to see. I'm like, let's just start and we'll, and I'll stop you when it's ready. Is that hard for clients? Are they like, I want to No, know, like, I think they're used the to it goal. by now. Oh, okay. I think you have, to, it. Train you have them. to build it up in their yeah. brain because, I mean, I hate saying the buzzword CrossFit mentality, but that kind of thing where it's like reps for time, get it done, beast mode through it. I think if people have trained like that before, it's difficult to reprogram them back. But I think where it becomes an art and why I love it so much, I feel like it's my craft. Like I look at it differently every single day. The nuances and the cues to get somebody to feel actually what they're doing and not load improperly. Because if you really do 10 good swings, you're going to feel it in all the right spots. And if you're doing it correctly, you don't need to do a million. Like you really don't. You just, you can do those low rep counts and even building strength. I mean, a big philosophy is doing less, just more. So I program a lot of like, we'll do five reps, but we'll do it for like 10 rounds. So it's not going crazy and doing like a minute of swings. You're still going to do maybe a hundred or two, but they're in small chunks. So you can actually recover and build the strength by the repetitive nature of it. Now that you've like, you have this mindset, like swings weren't meant to be done for two and a half minutes straight. Can you, 
<laughs> can you guys like go to a group fitness class without getting like totally annoyed? I mean I was just gonna say I love group fitness because it brings people into fitness but I it's a huge reason why I left because I I taught group fitness I taught high intensity classes and I do think there's a time and place for that but I also think the programming has to be really smart and a lot of it with kettlebells sometimes it doesn't make sense to do do things like that. And I mean, a short burst could be like 20 seconds versus, you know, a minute or something with a swing. So, I mean, I think we're critics of it a little bit, but we also, again, just train smarter. We're busy women. I mean, Missy's got two kids in a booming business. I've got a lot of shit going on. So sometimes I'm like, I just want to train smart and not, you know, and that could be 20 minutes of get ups. Remember yeah. that one day we did like, Oh my God, sweat fest. We're oh, so sore. We did. I was sore for like three days. I was like, Oh my God, what do we do? We and, did 24 kg get ups for 20 day. minutes. We do this oh every God. day. Like, yeah. I mean, we rested on right, the top of, course, of the minute, of but it was 20 minute workout, you know? And I think that that's also why I love kettlebells so much. You don't need to do an hour of kettlebells. You know, you can do 20 minutes really smart. And for me, with my clientele, I mean, anybody really, but I look at it from a mom brain. There's so many movements that make sense from the way that we live our lives, right? Like the other day, it was a 10 minute blizzard here, and I'm like plowing the sled hash slash stroller through the snow, you know? <laughs> or like I'm, I carry my one year old on the left side all the time. That is a rack carry. I'm just carrying them on. The, so why don't I learn how to load myself properly? So that's the kind of stuff conversations I'm having with my moms. Like if you're carrying, you know, the diaper bag in the right hand and the baby in the left, let's learn how to do that properly. And then you want to get your heart rate up. Okay. You want to sweat? Let's swing. Let's swing properly. So we'll trickle that in. Another thing that I love about our programming is like Lacey Lacey said, what we'll do is we'll do low reps, but sprinkle them throughout our training program. So maybe we do like two pull-ups two heavy get-ups, and then we focus on something else that's not related to that. Come back to that maybe a couple minutes later, give your system a chance to reset itself, and that's another way to build strength. Do you feel like you guys give yourself like a longer rest period the more you train? Uh, but we're, so we're getting better at that. I think like, <laughs> yeah. I think some, the, so sometimes I'll do a lot of every minute on the minute work, and I like that because it keeps me accountable to my rest. And it's a time and place, though. Like, we'll program stuff like a slow get-up with some swings for a rep count and then maybe some pull-ups. So you get that recovery time. But I think it is, it's hard for us to slow down, too. Like, if you feel, sometimes your body, you just need to stop and let it recover, even though you feel like you're recovered. And Missy's doing this a lot with her Iron Maiden training, like resting two to three minutes between sets of even, like, body weight movements, yeah. which is different than, you know... Sometimes yeah, that's what we do. There's like two things I want to say about that. Lacey and I live in the fast lane. We are fast thinkers. We move, we like to move fast. We like to get hustling. stuff done. Yeah, we're <laughs> every day I'm hustling. Yeah, um, I remember thinking this when we first started with Kettlebell's Lace that we were like, wow, these are this is like a metaphor for life. This is forcing me to slow down. Because one of the things they said to me in SFG1 is, and I remember doing it here with Matt, I was just doing the squat. And I was just like, bouncing out of it dropping that's like it my like personality is dropping it dropping coming it. back up because your squat is like ridiculous <laughs> so <laughs> it taught me control you know it taught me you know the move some of the movements taught me to really slow down and doing the iron maiden training sometimes i'm waiting three minutes before i do that next pistol squat and i'm like okay but there's a reason why you need to do that you know your brain's working overtime i get a lot of dms and questions on instagram they're like you make it look so easy and i'm like well it's not easy, but part of it is because we're conscious of our movement now and we're conscious of our programs and it just comes with being a professional at it and doing it every day. I mean, it's, I don't expect someone that's even been doing it six months to be able to make it look like easy, but it comes with taking that proper rest, doing those lower rep counts, figuring out the weights that are right for the intended stimulus. Like there's a time and a place for a really heavy swing. Maybe I'll go, you know, two bells down for swings on a certain day if my stimulus isn't to do a heavy swing, maybe just to shake my legs out or get my heart rate up a little bit or whatever it is. So you just always have to have the mindset of like what you're trying to accomplish. And Missy's, you know, doing this Iron Maiden thing where she needs to build a lot of strength. And so her body needs to recover between those intervals, especially for things that are challenging, like a pistol squat. You can't just bang out, you know, 20 pistol squats. They're not meant for that. So yeah, you just need to know why. What's the Iron Maiden for people who don't know? It's a 24 kg pistol squat, pull up and strict press. Can you translate that into pounds for people who? <laughs> it's 50 pounds, 24 kg. 50, 52, 52 pounds ish. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. So pistol squat, pull up, press. And you are how much? Wait, how much? I'm like 115. Yeah. Okay. So 
And she's a small little human. <laughs> little nugget. I'm a little nugget. I'm she's a little, little, little five. Are you like five one? Five two. Five I'm two. Very close to the ground. She's close to if the I ground. If I got a high pony, maybe I'm five two. Yeah, I say that. <laughs> I take like five seven yeah, exactly. with my bun today. <laughs> so. so okay, so let's take some moves that might be like cardio. They might be in like the magazines, and let's give like a kettlebell, maybe smarter version of them. So hands and knees, donkey kick. Right, so you're kind of like hands and knees, one foot, you're just kind of like kicking the heel up because you want to get that booty pop, right, that you see in the magazines. If you guys were gonna like, if someone came to you and you're like, I want the tight booty I saw in a magazine, I want to do the donkey kicks, what would you say? Why don't we try something else? I'm trying yeah, a goblet squat. A goblet squat? Yeah. Okay, Lace. I would say even a swing. And if we're going for like teaching them how to stack their lats down and engage there because you need that for that position, that the swing or the single arm swing could be great too. But I think it's like always starting with the basics before the ballistics, like Missy said. So we always do progressions. Like if you can't deadlift properly, hinge your hips properly, you're not going to swing. How about something like a tricep dip? Like off the couch or <laughs> Turkish get ups. Yeah. And you don't even have to do the full Turkish get up. You no. can start with the arm bar. And Ooh. I've been doing unweighted arm bars to help moms unlock their back, open up their chest. I really feel like if you can help people lock and find that area, and then you could add in without weight or with weight, because it's hard with weight, do a bent arm press. Yeah. Like a crack. I mean, I do them unweighted with a lot of people before I, I even add. I'm a huge fan of halos lately. Like I just all of us now are just posture maniacs. We see people all over the place doing who knows what, and you're always trying to figure it out. But a lot of the rounded shoulders and just lack of control in the back and the core. So I love the chest opening can mm-hmm. teach no rib flare and can also, you know, work the back and the arms a lot. And depending on the weight, I mean, we start lightweight with those to get the form correct. But then if you do, you know, a good amount of those like kneeling, you get a lot of core work and a lot of shoulders and back too. Even just hanging on the bar. Yeah. So how about, you know, everyone, especially the women are obsessed with like skinning up the waistline or doing core work like crunches or (laughs) V-ups. I say this all the time in my kettlebell class in Neo, like constantly to the world that front loaded work and kettlebell work and pressing a kettlebell is so much core work that I don't think people intellectually think about how strong your trunk gets through anti-rotation and then also rotation stuff when the bell is at your chest. Anytime you're holding it, whether it's a double rack, a single rack, or a goblet, your abs are firing. And you don't need to have you know that three-minute session at the end. It's like the personal trainer, like, 101 at the end of a session, let's do abs now. Like it's kind of a thing (laughs) with kettlebells. It just happens. Like it just is a byproduct of supporting the weight because like Missy said, we move functionally with the weight, how we move in life. So your body's making all these little adjustments. Like even in the halo, I always cue people to think about the bells going around your head, but think about it, making a rotation around your core. Like imagine you can feel your abs helping it go around so it's just, I say sneaky core work. The kettlebells are sneaky core work. You don't think about it. Or but even it's there. without adding load, I'll just have people do contralateral movements, like unweighted single leg deadlift properly for a mom with already having a front belly, right? That's going to be, it's going to be hard. Or even just to, like X, you know, crawling We're lifts. Big crawlers. Big crawlers. <laughs> we'd like to, we'd like to, you know, I'm already, I'm already close to the ground. Might as well just, <laughs> might as well just crawl might there. Just crawl around there. I would say it's fair to say, I mean, I've seen, Lacey usually works out with a shirt off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I've seen you train. You guys both have six packs. Do you guys do core work? Like core work, like I'm going to do some crunches for five minutes. So I think Lacey would agree with this. I think I, pull-ups and Turkish get-ups. And hollow body holds. Oh my gosh. Like, I did, yeah, I did a set of swings and hollow body holds today. It was like a 20, 20 on, 10 rest. And then it went to hollow body hold for like a Tabata, like four minutes. And this position, I mean, that's oh. a little advanced. You can scale it down. Yeah. That's the only like ab thing I do. Sometimes an ab wheel. I like ab wheels. I do like ab wheels. It's kind of like a hollow hold in reverse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can't. I can't remember. No. Even in a group class, if we would no. do one for fun, I'd modify. Crunches, no. Don't. No side plank with like a thing and a weight. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Is there any other moves where you like see it and then you're like, I bet I could do that better with a kettlebell if I did this. 
it's God, like kind I, of I everything. I feel like I'm just honestly <laughs> How about the magic circle between I feel the inner like thighs. I'm, I'm just I feel like I'm just simplifying everything. Like with kettlebells, all those foundational movements, I feel like at every single one I can make an argument to how to build up oblique strength with somebody, how to, you know, focus on their glutes, whatever it is, either body weight or bells, instead of all these tools that we have, like a BOSU ball is my nightmare. I'm like, why do we even need this anymore? There's a time and a place for everything, but there's so many things you can do without making it complicated. And I think sometimes, especially if a newer trainer, when I was a newer trainer, you just want to do something like inventive or, you know, not make your client bored, but it really is the basics that do the work. Yeah. It really is. Even a front, we, we did heavy front squats not too long ago and my abs were like sore from just holding. <laughs> and that takes time to get up to that point where you can yeah. rack something that heavy. But I was like, yo, I, I did three and I felt like my abs were winded more than my. So how do you shift the, help your clients shift the perspective of, I would say the majority of people, I'm going to guess, come in and they're like, I want to get toned. I want to, all those great words you used earlier. I want to get long, lean muscles. How do you start to shift the perspective that maybe the aesthetic is just going to come? It's not the goal that there's really a bigger goal that's like so much more important. I was really prepared for this question. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Do it, go for it. <laughs> if you scroll down to Lacey's post on December 14th, 2018. Was December 14th? Yeah, it was my okay. birthday. We went to Anguilla, it was oh. lovely. We <laughs> had a girl's trip. Right. Yeah. Of her on the beach. Yeah. Just, just look at that picture. I, I mean, <laughs> her body speaks what she does. So right? going back to it, I've been a little more like showing off my body on my Instagram than I have ever in the past. And my whole goal with that was to show women like you can have muscles and be strong. And I think a lot of times women think the body that they see is not made by how it's really made. And that's a bigger point to what we've been talking about this whole time that it's like this, there's just so much marketing that comes at women. And actually I think in fitness in general, it's been better like showing different types of women and more weight training in magazines and ads and whatever, you know, clothing brands, whatever. But I also think we're going back a little bit to like models as fitness faces for brands and influencers. And I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I also think it's not a realistic picture. I mean, I see, you know, Victoria's secret models at my gym all the time working out and they're not really lifting a ton of weight. They're kind of genetically predisposed to looking that way they work hard but they're trying to like have that aesthetic and it isn't really you know conducive to longevity or strength in any way and the average woman just will never look like that doing those kind of things so what we're doing I think the, the more we can use our platforms and our knowledge and show it to people that's the best method and especially Missy being like super strong as a mom. I think it's so motivating because so many women don't think you can do that. Like you just kind of yeah. lose it, you know? I actually, you know, I said this earlier, I've never felt better. I was in the best shape of my life in between my two kids right before I got pregnant with Jordan. I maintained my workouts. I was able to maintain my workouts throughout and postpartum, you know, I did, I took my 40 days, you know, you have to, you have to heal. There's a lot going on. It's a whole nother podcast. And because I took that time, I was able to come back even stronger. And I just think it's critical for long-term health to lift weights. You know, you could lift those light weights, but you're really just working for muscular endurance versus strength. You need to lift heavier weights. And if you're not sold, look at Lacey's picture. <laughs> December 14th? Yeah, I was, yes. 2018? Yes. Yeah, yeah. no, we, we practice what we preach. And that being said, I mean, Missy and I went on this trip for how long were we there? We were, we flew on a Thursday, came back on a Sunday. We didn't touch a weight. We barely moved from the beach. We drank a lot of wine. We swam a little we bit. We swam. <laughs> we laid in the sun. We slept. And honestly, people are like, oh, do you work out every day and you can't, you know, eat this? Or, and I'm like, you know what? The way that we live allows us and also begs for us to sometimes take those breaks and yeah. they feel great. We both felt rested. Felt great. We both felt awesome. I wasn't in bed worrying about, do I need to go run on a treadmill? So my 
abs don't go away. I was like, let's, you know, eat a steak, eat some steak and drink some wine and enjoy this. And we split the steak. Yeah. And because, (laughs) because we live in this longevity mindset of training versus I call it, and I just keep going back to longevity scarcity. Cause for me, the scarcity model is doing these little things that don't really add up to anything. The more we stick with that longevity mindset, the more freedom we have to do the things that we want. And I even set this for a goal myself 10 years ago. I mean, when I was 25, I was not like, I was super young and could do whatever I wanted, like physically and not be tired as much. But I said, I want to be able to, if I want to run a 10 K or go on a hike or do something physical, go ice skating at 35, I want to be able to do that. And now when I'm really looking at like 45, not that far away, 50, not that far away in the scheme of things, I want to be there and be able to do that kind of stuff. Like I want to be able to go skiing with Missy when, you know, we're in the sixties and her kids are like (laughs) ripping it down the mountain. So yeah. When we started with these kettlebells, because I was probably a year and a half removed postpartum with Augie, I started originally coming in to see you, Dr. Kyra, because I was like feeling weird shoulder stuff. And, you know, this was happening and that was happening is all because like, you know, whether my baby, my baby was probably sleeping in the bed and I was still breastfeeding and, you know, and my workouts were like, not efficient for what my life needed to be or how my life was. And ever since I made sort of the shift over, I can't remember the last time that I felt some sort of a weird cork in my body. So, you know, I do think if you're going to train hard and train as frequently as Lacey and I do, you do need to do some level of self-care. We talk about that a lot as well. So what does that look like? I mean, for me, it's you. <laughs> These it's, magical hands. They, your hands are magic. I don't know anyone else they like are, you. They are magic. You're magic. I love acupuncture. So I go to the same acupuncturist that I did through my second pregnancy. And I think meditation has been so big for me. I really haven't. I started meditating with my second pregnancy because my acupuncturist said that I needed to do it. So I did it. <laughs> Why would she say that? I'm like, I live in the fast lane <laughs> all the time. And I think those three things are the biggest for me. I mean, it's, it's different for everybody. It could be a manicure. It could be that glass of wine. It could be whatever it is that takes you to that place of like de-stress. And, but I think it's important to, if you're going to work as hard as you do in the gym, you need to also work as hard as you do in the kitchen and taking care of yourself. Yeah. That's been a big one for me is, uh, I think learning how to say no to, especially living somewhere so fast paced as the city. And, you know, my schedule can be a little all over the place, like early, late some days and, prioritizing myself. And the biggest thing we talk about this a lot is sleep. And I had to get really okay with sometimes going to bed at nine o'clock. Like the other night I taught my class, I wanted to go out on a date. And then I knew I had to get up at four forty-five, which I don't do often. It's one day a week. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, Lacey, you can't, you need to get your sleep tonight. And then this can wait because me functioning and performing at a high level, it, that's the biggest thing that I notice. And I know Missy makes that a priority and sometimes it's hard, but I feel so much better when I do it. So there's that. I also am a huge acupuncture fan. I started going for like a little bit of an arm issue just to get blood flow there. And then it turned into just like every six weeks I have a standing appointment for whatever it is. And it's kind of like a nice nap if it isn't anything else. But um, I feel <laughs> like it makes a difference in my body, like it hormone, hormonally, like all sorts of things. Like I could be in all sorts of different states. So just saying no for me was big. And I also really love sauna. I don't do it often, but I uh, do it here and there. So like infrared sauna? Infrared or? sauna, yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm, I am I. like just that feeling of going in after it's been a long week. But I'm big on like sauna and facials for, I don't, it's not really helping my <laughs> muscles, but. It helps your mind. It does help Mom, your body mind. and spirit. Yeah. No, to, to your point about sleep, I see clients from 6 a.m. to 2 every day. So I'm up at 4.45 without an alarm clock because I go to bed at 8. Every night, almost, (laughs) almost every single night in bed at 8. I started to realize that like anything closer to 10 just was really dragging me down. I wasn't fully present, not just from, maybe, you know, for my clients, but I really wasn't fully present for my kids. So I go to bed every night almost at the same time. And the other piece of this is, you know, I don't think this is talked about enough. And I try to dabble with this a little bit with my clients. I know it's hard when you're a mom because you want that downtime. You want that time with your significant other at night. But, you know, when you don't sleep enough, your cortisol level rises. So it's really hard to lose weight or to, you know, maintain any lean muscle mass that you have if you're not sleeping properly, right? Any muscle that you have is going to help regulate your hormones, but you need to be able to sleep to recover. So it needs to be a priority. Let's do some rapid fire. Source of inspiration. 
That's the first thing that comes to mind. Oh shit, I was gonna say you. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just point at each other? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm inspired by my clients a lot too. Like I, I just respect the hustle of people like trying to take their health into their own hands. Um, I mean, Missy has, Missy's the one that inspired me to be, both of you have inspired me to get into this career because I was sort of always like a toe in it and just seeing the examples of strong women being entrepreneurs and helping others, helping other women, especially is so inspiring to me. So I like women that kind of walk the walk. It's not, you got, we're all working hard and, you know, trying to be the best we can be. So, you know, you tracked what you are, you know, so I feel like I've got some pretty powerful women in my life and it's been so awesome to just see how much you love it and how great you're at it, Lace. And it's just so nice to have like a team, teamwork, you know, to have somebody to like bounce ideas off because it can be kind of solo, you know, um, out here, pounding the <laughs> pavement, you know, to bounce ideas off somebody who is like-minded. And, you know, when you have those females around you or males, but I'm going to use females because it's all females in this room right now to, you know, push you to that next step. You know, I've had many career conversations with Lacey or you, Dr. Kybird, or, you know, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon about just like, how do you, what do you really want? And how do you get to the next step? How do you execute? How do you show up every single day? How do you learn from what you did yesterday and make tomorrow much better? Any books or podcasts you're loving right now? Muscle medicine? (laughs) (laughs) Outside of that amazingness. I'm an insane Joe Rogan fan, and I know he might not be for everybody. I've listened to him for years, and he just had a doctor on speaking about aging and longevity and actually real studies about how aging is a disease that we can prevent. And there are actually people working on this right now. And I think it's cool being in the, I mean, he'll have like an MMA fighter on and then he'll have someone like that on. (laughs) Like a hunter. Yeah, or like Neil deGrasse Tyson's one day. And then you've got like Kanye coming up. So I think it's great. I like being exposed to different thought processes on things. And I really respect that. So that's always in my rotation right now. I like the Broken Brain podcast. Oh, yeah, uh, awesome. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a really good one. Again, if you're not sold on why it's important to build muscle, you should listen to Dr. Gabrielle's Lions. I think it's a uh, mu- muscle longevity, longevity. It's like um, muscle-centric medicine. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. It's, um, I feel like that's so good for women to yeah. look at too because I think women are scared of muscle and the muscle. protein. <laughs> yeah. I just, it, I mean, we haven't talked a lot about diet, but it's like there's so many buzzwords out there now with like, plant-based and vegan and protein and carnivore and yeah. it's like a lot you guys both work out beast mode like sometimes i <laughs> work out with missy and i get a little you're scared like, <laughs> maybe you're, you're talking about like we did really heavy front squats when you're like at the bottom of the squat and you're grinding it out what do you tell yourself to like push through if it's like a tough moment oh my god i feel like i kind of blank out and i'm just like you're doing this like this was the program <laughs> unless, you're, up. unless you're injured or unless you're like I don't know, something feels wrong. I always tell this to my clients too. I'm like, you never go through a bad rep, but I just am like, this is what it is. I'm doing it. I'm here. I'm doing it. The hardest part, it's so cliche, but is getting in the room. And once I'm in the room, I'm just committed to the program. And both of us have kind of been spoiled lately. I mean, we're both trainers, so our schedules are, you know, we have time in the middle of the day. We can meet up. We can work out with each other. I find that having a workout partner has been so good. Like today I did a conditioning workout and if my friend was not there with me on the assault bike, like burning calories, I would not have been able to do like a conditioning workout, which is a little different than what I normally do. So yeah. Anything when you're training for the Iron Maiden that you internally tell yourself? I think it goes back to that of like, okay, I made this goal. I'm doing it. I trust the process. I'm like Lisa, I'm not working through any bad reps, but I'm not working through bad reps because I worked up to the point that I'm at. Yeah, I think it's just about execution. You know, I, th- I don't even really think that I'm not going to do it. I think I learned this when I was going through labor with my second one. I was like, I did a lot of visualization of, of the end goal, right? So I think visualization, athletes use it all the time. Like, I just don't even think that there's another way, right? Like, the only way is to get to the bottom of the squat and get back up. Where else would you go? <laughs> I always think like you know, I, I went I skydiving it. with one of my clients mm-hmm. who's in her 60s. She had me go with her for a birthday. This was like a couple years ago. And I was in that plane. I'm like, well, there's no way you're going down other than jumping out. You just got to <laughs> jump out. The yeah, yeah, there's nowhere to go. So, yeah, there's no option. Yeah, I think that's what it just, is. There's no option. You know, like really to your core, truly believing there's no other option. You make that uh, the priority, like but finishing. To get to that goal, there's a process, right? Like you don't just drop down to a pistol squat if you've never done one before. You know, you have a training plan. And then when you're in that training plan, pr- trusting the process and just believing it. 
visualizing the end. You know, like I'll every day visualize myself pulling myself self up with a 24 kg wrap around my waist. Like I'm just going to get there. It's just going to happen. There's no doubt. Just takes, you just know, gonna, I'm just, just waiting, the time, waiting for the moment. Just the time mindset. for when it happens. So you guys are always working on fun projects just as like business women, hustlers, entrepreneurs. What's, what's, what's the future look like? I think both of us have been working on sort of diversifying what we're doing because I know both of us love our one-on-one sessions. Like we always want to do that, but also just figuring out how we can reach more people and have different, our hands in different things in our lives. So we're not just dependent. Like if we miss a session, I mean, it's, it's how we're paid too. So we want to have like a, or whatever our nest egg or whatnot. So Missy and I have both been um, going at niche things. So we're both doing a streaming service at a place called Neo U. And I think that that is opening up a lot for us as far as the bandwidth that we can really reach our method of training, which we don't see a lot of women do at the level we're doing and share it and help people get better at strength training. And hopefully with kettlebells, I mean, I've had a crazy response just with social media platforms with people from like a mom in like the Costa Rican jungle did my kettlebell class the other day. I was like, what? This is crazy. So I think that we're both leaning into those projects and being really good at that. We're putting a lot of energy into our message and getting it out there as much as we can to women. I just took your class online the other day and I was like, how is she talking and working out Honestly, for 20 minutes straight? I wonder she how she does it too. Let's like, talk did. about sleeping because I am like done after my classes today. I mean, I teach 60 minutes for most of them lately, but beauty of kettlebells I do a huge body weight warm-up so half the class is really like fundamentals warm-up and then skill work because a pet peeve of mine has been the actual time in a group class to learn movements versus like saying here's how you do a squat in two different cues and then people just do them and that's it so I take a lot of time in my class and I'm I'm so happy I have an hour because you know you can really do a lot with the sweat part in 20 to 30 minutes so that's been my saving grace is I can kind of put it down, but it is not easy to like snatch and swing on tempo and then talk to people during <laughs> yeah, the rest break. I was like, how'd she do it? <laughs> it's making me more in shape. I don't know. So don't five do that to six at home. days a week for five yeah, years. Yeah. Just like try to talk, <laughs> just try Fresh, to talk flawless. during yeah. your rest break and see your endurance improves. But, um, yeah, that's why I'm like, I thank goodness it's, we're not teaching, you know, every day, a million of them. Cause it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. What are you working on? So I'm working with the same streaming service as Lacey. It's called the Fit Fourth. So my main thing is really helping postpartum moms recover and understand that six weeks postpartum is maybe not a time to jump back into your workout. It's a time to really start working on rehab. So we call it a workout, but it's really like learning how to reconnect with your core, going back to sort of what we talked about earlier. Like it's not a time to be doing crunches or ever to really learn how to like hold those. Inevitably, it's, you know, learning how to eventually learn a hollow hold, but you know, the 9090s is stuff in supine, um, really learning how to crawl, sort of rehabbing moms in a way that our babies learn to move. It's been a fun process because I feel like I just reach more people. Yeah. And where can people find you in real life and real, real life? Real life. So <laughs> I, uh, I personal train out of a gym called Performix House. It's downtown in New York City. So it's all private training there. So you'd reach out to me directly. So Instagram's my big thing right now for that. So you can find me under my name on there. And then- um, Is it Lacey Lazoff or is Lacey, it L? Lacey Lazoff. So it's okay. L-A-C-E Lazoff. A lot okay. of L's and things going on. And then we both are at Neo U. I have a, a class on the schedule right now in February. So they can people in the city can come to that or you can stream the classes on the app. And, and then, what's the class called? It's called Bells Up. And I mean, I have a website under my name too. You can look that up. So, yeah, you can find me. I'm also big on Instagram, Melissa Paris Fitness, and you can also find me on the app. I don't do a lot of in-person classes, but I do. You can find uh, the classes on the app, the Fit Fourth, and I mostly train in homes down in Tribeca. Amazing! Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you so much for having us.